Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we will be answering some of your most commonly asked questions around all things fitness and fertility. Thank you to everyone that has sent me messages via Instagram and email. We have had a lot coming in this month. And we're going to start today with Sarah. She sees a lot of your clients are now preparing for IVF. And yes, they are, Marie. You've got a lot in train, don't you? Mm-hmm. She's due to start her first round of IVF in four weeks. Should she change the way she works out? And if so, how? This is such an important question. Firstly, Sarah, best of luck. Hope it all goes really, really well for you. We know IVF can be tough, so we have everything crossed for you. I love that you've asked this question. The short answer is... Yes. So what I would say is, depending on what you're already doing, as you get closer to treatment, taking your meds, maybe taking your injections, try and keep your workouts at a lower intensity so that you're not putting too much stress on your body. So your body might experience some stress going through IVF anyway, so we do not want to contribute to that. Aim for maybe a six out of 10 when it comes to intensity. So just, you know, check in with yourself. If you're on, I don't know, a spin bike or if you're out for a run or maybe you're in the gym, just be mindful, aim for around a six out of 10. And then what I'd say is when you actually start going through the IVF process, there are different stages that you will be going through. We've got things like stims. Obviously, we need to be careful with your ovaries at this point. Try and reduce any twisting and jiggling exercises around egg collection. I would actually say take a rest for a couple of days because that can be quite an intense and invasive procedure. You will then have your embryo transfer, listen to your doctor always, but you might want to have a rest kind of either side of that. And then you're into the two week wait. If you were my client, I would give you some pregnancy workouts just to help you feel nice and safe in that time. And then hopefully in a couple of weeks time, fingers crossed that you get a lovely positive pregnancy test. So that would be how I would guide you through IVF, but best of luck. And am I right that you have a few pregnancy workouts available that people can use in that two week wait period? Yes, absolutely. What I tend to do is just to help people feel safe and secure, we act as though they're pregnant and I'll give them the first couple of weeks of my pregnancy program. Pregnancy workouts are different to your kind of normal workouts. They're less intense. They aim to keep your heart rate a bit lower, aim to keep your temperature down a bit, protecting that abdominal area. I have those available and people can then jump into those if they want. Make sure you take care of yourself over this time. There's a lot going on. But it is important to kind of keep some level of activity going in order to keep in shape. Mm, absolutely. The next question is from Nita. She says, hi, both. Love the show. I was thinking about starting weight training, but I have no idea where to start. Is it useful for fertility? And how do I go about it? Yes, I love this question. Weight training is a massive tick. So yes, for anyone that's not sure what weight training is, just to be clear, this is the one where you see people in the gym. They might have the dumbbells, they might have the barbell. 
it's less of the kind of running at speed on the treadmill. <laughs> it's more of the lifting heavy things. So that's what we mean by uh, weight training or resistance training. And yes, it can be incredibly useful for fertility for lots of different reasons. One of them being that building muscle is really good for your overall health anyway, helps with bone density, helps your metabolism. But also if you have PCOS or if you are insulin resistant for any reason, building muscle can really help manage insulin resistance. As your body lowers its fat and as it builds muscle, this helps your body use glucose as it's supposed to and just helps keep you nice and healthy. And when it comes to fertility, the healthier you are, the better. So we know it's good for fertility. So how would Nita attack it? Strongly, strongly, strongly suggest following a program just for your own health and safety, really. Weight training is fabulous and you will see results very quickly. So you will be burning that fat, you will be building that muscle, but you really do need to follow a program. The reason being the program should give you technical advice because you are lifting heavy things and we absolutely do not want you to get injured. But also a program will make sure that you work all your main muscle groups, your upper body, your lower body, and it will also include overload each week. So what that means is every week you might lift slightly heavier weights or you might do slightly more reps. And that's what you need to progress when you're weight training. So please, please, please follow a weight training program. It's really, really important. Am I right? On your trainerizer app, the one that you use, you demo exercises, don't you? Yeah. One of the things I absolutely love about the Trainerize app is every single exercise that's programmed has a demo of that exercise. Whether it's a row, whether it's a push-up, whether it's a squat, it talks you through every single part. If it's something you're not sure about, if it's something that you're new to, you literally just watch the video and then it tells you what to do because it's really important. We don't want you getting injured. Fertility is annoying enough without then having an injury on top. Can I ask you a question? Because I don't know the way you lay out your programs. Do you do legs and arms or do you do push and pulls? Depending on the, the personal trainer I've used over the years, they go with one or the other. Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm just going to take a step back of us a slight Roisin, just in case people don't know why you're asking me the question, because it's a really good one. Basically, there are seven days in a week and you need to figure out what days you're training on. And when it comes to any type of training, but particularly weight training, you don't want to just be hammering the same muscle groups all the time because you'll get injured, they'll get fatigued, you won't make any progress. Some trainers will separate your week into kind of push-pull workouts. So on, let's say, a push workout, let's say your Monday is your push day, you will do upper body and lower body, but every movement you do is a push movement. So it might be like a shoulder press or it might be a leg press. There's a lot of pressing. <laughs> There's a lot of pressing on those days. You are pushing the weights away from your body. You might do that on the Monday. On the Wednesday, you might then do a pull workout. So that might be one of my favorites, single arm rows. Love those. The point of this is that you're targeting slightly different muscles so that you're not fatiguing your muscles so that you don't then get injured and also you continue to make progress. In answer to the question you asked me, Roisin, depending on the training program someone has depends on how I structure it. To give you an example, one of my most popular ones is my workout warrior training plan. To begin with, I actually do full body sessions so that people become conditioned, so they get used to working out. When they get a little bit further into the program, I actually then, I think it's around week 12, I then start to separate it into upper body and lower body because people have built up enough conditioning by that point to then spend longer focusing on the different body parts. And that ensures that they still progress. 
So it depends on the program you're doing, but we definitely want you to be safe. That's really important. Yeah. And I think it's really good to visualize it. I like the push and pull exercises more than the arms and legs day. Mm -hmm. It's all about form. Most of the time when you're in the gym, you're a bit like, am I sitting in the right position? Yes. Am I getting the most out of all of these reps? And most of the time you're thinking, if it's too easy, you're probably not doing it correctly. Yeah, But if it's impossibly hard, you're also not doing it correctly. Oh, Roisin, this is like the three bears porridge, right? I am, you can tell I get excited about this. I've got my excited tone of voice. The thing I love about weight training is getting that lovely sweet spot in the middle. So what a lot of people will ask is, listen, how am I supposed to know how much weight I'm supposed to lift? Let's just imagine you're doing two to three sets, which is your standard. A set is just your total number of goes at that exercise. So say you're going to do 10 upright rows and you're going to do that three times. Okay, so we've got three sets. By the end of that third set, so that third go at those exercises, if you are trying to build muscle, those last few reps, that eight, nine, 10, they should be hard. You are sweating. You might be swearing ever so slightly. So as you get to the end of that last set on those last reps, if you are lifting at the right weight, it should be hard. You're not just spinning these weights around your head. You're making your muscles work harder. So they break down, so they rebuild, and that's how you get stronger. While I'm on this though, that doesn't mean that every single time you lift weights in the gym, you have to absolutely smash it. Sometimes you are just going to work through them. It will be reasonably hard, but you're not going to failure. Failure is when you can't lift anymore. You don't want to do that all the time because you'll also get injured. So it's about getting the sweet spot in the middle, which is why you must follow a training program because it should manage that for you. And also follow your cycle. Last week we did a show on our cycle tracking. So, so important when it comes to women. We are not men or we are not little men. So we can't just train in a sort of straight line. And depending on where you are in your cycle, you will have different energy levels and you will have different priorities. To me, it's our superpower. Mm -hmm. If you know where you are, then you know when to hit it and then you know when to relax. I can't remember if I messaged you the other day, but I was really excited because I got my barbell back squat PB the other day and I very nearly messaged you had I not been so exhausted from squatting pretty much my own body weight. Guess which part of my cycle I was at and this is why I nearly messaged you. Were you at the start of your cycle? Were you at the beginning stage? I was in that first phase. In the first I was in phase. that first phase. And I honestly, I was so aware of it because I was like, right, I'm feeling pretty good. These weights are getting heavier. I'm about my body weight now. That's, you know, that's not bad. Shall I go for my PB? Naturally, I was like, I'm feeling good. And then I consciously noted to myself, which part of your cycle you're in? I'm in the first bit. So I thought, yeah, let's have a go. And I got it. So I was dead chuffed with myself, but I was consciously aware. It really was, it really was a decision that I made. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened to me last week. I don't think anyone needs to know this, but I didn't need to email anybody <laughs> about this or text anyone. I was about I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but three quarters deep into a pot of peanut butter. <laughs> I really went for it. And then I sat mm -hmm. there and usually what I would do is like, oh, God, Rosh, come on, you can do better. Than what is wrong with you? And then I went, hang on, where exactly am I in my cycle? And I'm actually at the other end. And the, obviously the next, day I got, the next day I got my period. I went, nope, there, there you go. go. There, there we you go. go. I'm at the point of my cycle where my body needs to produce progesterone it needs glucose it needs mm -hmm. fast acting sugars and i just 
I, I really give it what it needs. But <laughs> but just knowing that this is a point in time, this will go. It'll go. I will get to the end of the cycle and then I'll go back training. I'll not have the desire to eat three quarters of a jar of peanut butter. And it's only because it was there. If, but I can share if there was better stuff in my house, I would have eaten that too. <laughs> but honestly, just knowing that bit of your cycle, it informs so much about your mood and why, mm-hmm. why you're behaving in certain ways, or why your skin is a certain way, your energy is a certain way. Get jotting it down, ladies. Really, really important. And obviously go back to the back catalog because we talked loads about it last week. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt, but do you know that I offer a two-week free trial on all my training plans? This means you have access to my fertility-focused training plans, meal plans, and accountability calls for the duration of your trial. For more information and to sign up to start your free trial, get in touch at info at fitnessfertility.com. And now, back to the show. So our next question, Maria, is from Anonymous. She says that her and her partner have gotten together three years. Mm -hmm. She's now 33, cresting 34. (laughs) And they have not not been trying, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. He has children from a previous relationship, so everything should be good, but it isn't happening for them. She's gotten tested. She's absolutely fine. How does she get her partner to start engaging with the process? This is a tricky one. And I have to be honest, quite a few of my clients have been in a similar situation. And basically, it's a hard conversation to have because what a number of women have said to me is they're doing all the things, they're eating, they're exercising, they're working out, they're doing the acupuncture, they're doing the reflexology, but their partner just isn't engaging as much. So the first thing to acknowledge is, yes, this is a difficult situation. And I think especially if they've already got children from a previous relationship, perhaps understandably, their thinking is going to be, well, everything's fine. You know, everything's fine. I did it before. It's probably going to be fine now. So that might just be something that needs to be considered. One of the things you do need to be aware of, though, is you're in your early 30s now, which is fabulous. But 35 will, unfortunately, it comes around quicker than you're expecting. And what we know from speaking to fertility experts like David O'Rourke, who was on a couple of weeks ago, when you do get to 35, that is where your fertility in women starts to decline it's still very possible to have children. So, you know, don't don't worry too much, but it does start to decline. So if you're thinking that this might actually take a good few years, it might just be worth looking at egg freezing just to keep your eggs as young as they are now. So that if this does take a few years, you've got those lovely, healthy, young eggs. In a couple of weeks, actually, we've got Dr. Amy, the egg whisperer coming on, and she is the absolute go-to expert, to be honest, probably in the world for people who are interested in egg freezing. So listen in a couple of weeks' time to hear her advice on eggs. Even though your partner has had children in a previous relationship, basically it's a different recipe now. You know, we've got different sperm and different egg coming together. So unfortunately, there's no guarantee that things will go go as well as they did last time. Obviously, we very much hope they do. What I would say is, if you're not sure, get in touch with us at the Fitness Fertility Podcast. Get in touch with me on Instagram. We know so many good people now, specialists in this area. Please get in touch and we can pass you on some names if you're looking for any extra support. I know you think, I can't get him through the door. I don't know how mm. to persuade him to get him through the door. Even if you go as a forward party and do some research and have a chat, come to us and then we can refer you on. You could nearly do a bit of a pre-interview with that person or pre-consultation and get a bit of information. Mm-hmm. The next one, this is 
so relevant for, I think, so many people, and me included. This is from Lisa. She's stressed. And she's beyond stressed about people telling her to relax. And... (laughs) I don't blame her. And she also said she's never been a big fan of yoga because it's that forced relaxation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Her question is, is it true that yoga is really helpful for fertility? But I'm also going to add in this a little bit of my own question. I'm exactly like Lisa because I sit in yoga (laughs) classes going, after this, I have to get in the car to go to Tesco's. I need to remember to send that email. And I'm in the yoga class, but I'm completely, I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I am like Lisa, that I too need to probably de-stress. I too need to, but for some reason, forced yoga doesn't seem to be my <laughs> way of doing it either. What would you suggest about myself and for Lisa? Uh, I support both of you. I'm I'm laughing a little bit uh, to myself because I, I feel the same about forced fun. It really stresses me out. I hear you both. First thing is, yes, yoga can be really helpful for fertility. The reason being, you have got the relaxation side of it, which I will come back to in just a minute. The biological side of it is there are particular yoga poses, things like child's pose, cat-cow, reclining pose, legs up the wall. They do increase that lovely blood flow to the reproductive organs. And what I'm always saying to my clients is, if I could just click my fingers and get you pregnant, I absolutely would. Of course I would. But what I can do is I can put in place lots of little nudges for you and your yoga teacher will put in place lots of little nudges for you, like the increased blood flow to the uterus and ovaries that just help you on your fertility journey. So yeah, there is research out there. There are a lot of fertility yoga specialists out there. So I would say, Ironically, as long as it doesn't actually stress you out more, then yes, I would suggest maybe maybe have a go at yoga. From what I understand, the way that you are supposed to isn't quite the right word, but supposed to try and, and switch off a little bit is the kind of focusing on the breath. Roshan, I don't know what you're like at focusing on the breath. I have to be honest, I am like you and Lisa. I do genuinely find this really hard because I've got to-do lists coming out my ears but I have been trying really hard to focus on my breath. And I actually did some guided meditations. I used um, the Calm app, um, which worked really well for me. And they had some really lovely guided meditations. And when I was feeling particularly stressed, I genuinely did use them and they really helped me. It does take me about 10 minutes to get into it and I have to work hard, but when I'm in it, it's lovely. That's what I would suggest. Try a guided meditation. It might help you. And also meditation is, it's not easy. Like you you have to practice it. It's why monks practice meditation for years and years and years and years and years. It's a really hard thing to do. So you have to stick with it and you have to have a go. Apparently the whole gig is that you're not meant to give out to yourself if your mind wanders. Yeah, you acknowledge it, you acknowledge and then you you let it go again. That's a thing. I remember this, Roshan, you were right. A thought comes up, you acknowledge the thought, you don't, as you would say, give out to yourself, acknowledge it and then let it go. That's what I was practicing. Yeah. But the other thing is, if yoga is not for you, don't go. No disrespect to any yogis out there. I think it absolutely has its place. But if you're going to leave yoga more stressed, maybe it's just not for you. That's also okay. You don't have to do yoga. Got to find what's right for you. Sometimes a nice walk in the park with your favorite podcast, a frothy latte. Oh, works wonders. But (laughs) stretching does have its place. We've got a final question from Jocelyn, who is in her two-week wait. Mm -hmm. She does use exercise to de-stress she's a runner but absolutely terrified to run what do you suggest bless it well again best of luck in the two-week wait everything is crossed for you if you are already a runner it's okay to run 
So what the research says and what doctors generally say is as long as you're not suddenly running marathons, as long as you're not suddenly starting sprint training when you never used to do that, if you just keep it nice and steady, similar to what you've done before, then you should be absolutely fine. I totally understand the nervousness because as a runner, I I was wondering about the jiggling. I was like, well, I'm, I'm jiggling and I'm jiggling my uterus and my ovaries and and I really want my little M baby to be digging in there. I totally understand that anxiety. But then what I reminded myself of was you get professional athletes, you get climbers, you get marathoners, you get crossfitters, you get gymnasts who don't even know they're pregnant and they're doing all this, you know, this crazy stuff and everything's absolutely fine. If that lovely little embryo is going to dig into that uterus, it's going to do it and it will be absolutely fine. Especially if you're already used to the exercise, your body's good. Try not to worry about it, but just manage the intensity and don't do something new that your body isn't used to doing. But as I always say, please do check with your doctor first. But generally speaking, that is the advice. Do you think that we were land animals that used to run fast distances as groups? That's kind of where our tribal instincts come from and and our love for running as well. When you do have your bambinos, when the babies do come, you'll realize that they've got a really good grip mechanism. Anyone that has (laughs) had a baby that grabs the skin (laughs) will know what I mean. Um, And they tend to grab you around your chest and under your armpits. Mm -hmm. They think that is genuinely as a result of mum was running, baby has to hold on. When we ran fast distances and we did it, pregnant and we did it when we were nursing Mm -hmm. and it's something that our babies are actually developed for Mm. they also think that's why we get so much pleasure out of it and sometimes you can look at runners and think what are they doing well most of them are chasing that runner's high and yeah you know that kind Mm of elation that you get so there's a lot out there about benefits, but also the fact that this is kind of part of us. It may not be part of you now. <laughs> I, can yeah. Rather, yeah. I can assure you it's not part of me now at the moment because I haven't run in ages. But when you do it, I think it's one of the best stress relievers out there. Just on that note, I, I'm just thinking back. I, I did run until, basically I ran until I couldn't. So I was way into my 20 weeks and it was partly the dopamine high that I got. To be honest, it was also partly, I just wanted to feel like me. I just wanted to feel like Maria, the person that likes to go out running. Was it slower? Of course it was slower, you know, but also in that second trimester, I was buzzing. I felt amazing. You know, I was just running around. It was really good just to feel like me and have a little bit of me time. And it was really valuable. Like you've said before, Roshan, on previous shows, does it help keep the weight off? Yeah, it does. Did I have a better recovery afterwards? Yes, I did. It's not necessarily the reason I did it in the first place, but it definitely had those advantages. Just don't go too mad with it, basically, and you should be okay. Listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're not pushing it too hard. Mm-hmm. But if it's what you feel like you need to do just to kind of get it and relax, certainly go for it. Just to jump in there, Roisin, you need to look after your boobs. So please. And actually another client last week was asking me about sports bras. This is no word of a lie. Oh, and I'll give you my top tip as well. So when I was running, do you know what? In the two week wait and also also when I was pregnant, what I found was nipple burn very low tech solution I find for anyone in this situation is I literally just got a flat cotton wool pad, you know, like the nice flat ones that you used to take your eye makeup off and I just shoved it down my sports bra and it completely got rid of the problem. That was the thing that nearly stopped me running. Oh, it hurt so much. And I was chatting to a, a client about it last week. So get the cotton wool in there, people. Genuinely, very low tech, work to treat for me. Oh, and a little bit of personal news, actually. I am really excited because I've just got a place at the Great North Run 
on September the 10th. Um, so that's the half marathon. And I'm delighted to have teamed up with a charity called Saying Goodbye, which is a charity that works to support people that have experienced pregnancy loss. I will be putting the links in my socials to show everybody. Very excited to be running the Great North Run and really happy to be supporting such a good charity. So do keep an eye out because I will be updating you. And that is on September the 10th. We'll put all the details of the charity in the show notes and Maria will keep you up to date on her social media about how she's getting on for the training. Absolutely will. And on that note, Maria, who will we be speaking to next week? Next week, we are speaking to Dr. Amy, better known as the Egg Whisperer. Dr. Amy is a fertility specialist and the go-to doctor for anyone interested in egg freezing. So we're going to ask her for advice about preparing for IVF. And we're also going to ask her for more information about egg freezing and also a little bit more about using an egg donor for anyone looking at donation for their own path to parenthood. I cannot wait to talk to Dr. Amy. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.